Good afternoon. Uh, welcome to Kitchen Radio. My name is Rita Cattoni. Uh, this afternoon's show is being broadcast live on ACCC 102.1 FM here in Alice Springs and in Tennant Creek and of course via the World Wide Web. Um, you might also be listening to this as a podcast in which case you won't be able to listen to Paul Kelly singing Who's Gonna Make the Gravy? which is of course a really much loved Christmas song. In my family I always made the gravy but I also made a lot of mess and um, <laughs> so much mess that my sisters don't let me cook in the kitchen anymore. So um, I've decided this year to rethink Christmas and to um, have Christmas here in Alice Springs. So I've spent many Christmases visiting my family but um, yeah, I'm pretty happy to, to think about having Christmas here. And one of the reasons I've thought about having Christmas here was because I was inspired by one of my two guests tonight. So I'd like to welcome Jenny and Bill Peachy here tonight. Hi Jenny, hi Bill, and thank you. Hi, hi Rita. Rita. Hi listeners of ACCC. And, you know, I had this great conversation with you, Jenny, about um, having Christmas in, in Alice Springs because I've just spent so many Christmases eating other people's food and not being allowed to cook in kitchens and not having much control over that space. And you kind of reframed Christmas for me. 60% of the population gets in their cars or gets on planes and they leave. And this town becomes a little bit different. And I always get this panic like I'm being left behind, you know. And when I chatted to you, it was like, oh, okay, there is a different way of looking at it. <laughs> So how many years have you and Bill had been having Christmas here in Alice Springs? I think probably 20. We're never quite sure, but at least that many. Okay. We used to drive to Queensland when the kids were little, but we stopped doing that, you know, years before we had Gwenny. So probably 20 years we've been here. It is the best place to have Christmas. Yeah. Can you tell me what you like about being here for Christmas? I like it when everyone leaves and the town feels, the streets are empty and the town feels really different. It sort of slows down and there's, it's just got a totally different feeling. There's just Aboriginal people quietly, you know, in town, in the shade. It just feels a lot different. And Christmas certainly is um, less hectic than if you go away. Yeah. And you don't really get that sort of peace here any other time. I know no. maybe on Good Friday I've sort of felt that peace, but there haven't been, um, it's not many times of the year because it is always a busy place. There's always a lot happening here. Yes, that's yeah. right. Even it's if it's really hot, there's still it's a lot busy. happening here. Yeah. Yeah, um, and how about Bill? You, Bill, what do you like about Christmas? Oh, probably here? pretty much the same. You can you can go downtown in the afternoon, and you can find a park, and there just seems lots of space, and and you know, there's the social interactions in Alice Springs are great, of course, because everybody knows lots and lots of people, but. It's kind of good to revel in that sense that you're not going to run into people you know all the time and yeah. you've got a bit of freedom to um, do what you will around the town. Yeah. Um, I once had Christmas out at Yundamu yeah. years ago and that yeah. was really funny because we weren't allowed to drink. So mm. it was it was nice but I did feel the absence of alcohol sorely on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So do you do lunch or do you do a Christmas dinner? We do lunch and dinner and okay. um, actually breakfast and snacks and extras as well. We, yes, we do everything. All day long. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We like to eat on Christmas Day. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and do you invite lots of people or do you just invite your immediate family? Hmm. We've done both, haven't we? Yeah, it's changed over the years. Yeah. I mean, some years we've been out with friends and there's been gatherings of 20 people and uh, everyone's brought something along. Other years, it's been just basically the family. But what we often do is we'll do lunch with just a family or yep. maybe, you know, a couple of friends who have kind of been left behind, you know, maybe. 
and bring them over home. And um, then dinner, we often, we've got another uh, family of friends that we often then share a meal with. Mm-hmm. They'll come over and we'll eat the leftovers from lunch or vice versa. And yeah. they've got four kids, you know, our kids' ages. So whatever combo of kids are home, yeah, very fun. Great. Yeah. And do you have any traditions that have continued throughout those 20 years that you always stick to, either with food or just, you know, even generally around Christmas and Christmas lunch? Oh, it's so lovely thinking about it. You know, chocolate coins, pirate gold, that's every Christmas. The okay. kids get pirate gold in their stockings, okay. even though they're very big. The first pesto, um, that's earlier in the year, but there's lots of pesto at Christmas. So I'm always trying to put more basil in because Harpo loves pesto. He can eat tons of it. So pesto, Singapore soft drink, Mindy's beautiful um, lemon juice and mint drink. That's a Christmas thing. We use, we usually give some, don't we, to our friends mm. and have it at Christmas time. Yeah. Oh, wow. Those sorts of things. Yeah. And food-wise, what do you – do you have any traditions with the lunch? Do you sort of always go with a cold lunch or a hot lunch? Look, I think over the years Christmas has moved along. It's a moving feast, if I may say, because, you know, two or three years in a row you'll do something and then well, you get sick of that yeah. and you move on and you do something different. So over the decades Christmas morphs into you know different things do you have any highlights for Christmas lunches any Christmas lunches that you either of you just go that was a really good (laughs) Christmas lunch they're always good we're a bit eclectic so Bill likes seafood but um none of the rest of us do so we make him eat it outside (laughs) it's pretty funny (laughs) in the heat oh it's like oh that's stinky um Harpo is celiac so you know we don't even have wheat in the mayonnaise you know you have to keep all the boards clean Gwenny's vego and she's pretty hardcore. Uh, Bella's a baker. So, you know, there's often gingerbread houses and, you know, quite a lot of structural working out to keep the roof up and the walls vertical. Do you know? Quite a lot of measuring and stuff. Um, trifle. So this year I had... Oh, yeah, trifle. So, so she always wants trifle. So we have whatever everyone wants. She always wants trifle. And then if we can get the glass bowl with the straight sides so you can see the layers. I've never had one of them before, but I bought it for her this year. So she'll be able to do trifle. And we always do pav for Harpo. It is quite eclectic and I always want to make sure we don't run out. So Bill's in charge of um, quantities really in case, you know. In case there's just too much. <laughs> yeah, that could be. It, that could happen that there'd I be know, too much. I know, but imagine, <laughs> imagine, Bill, if there wasn't enough food. Like wouldn't That's that just I be think. a tragedy? No, it's <laughs> just impossible. <It's laughs> there, there'll be 12 of us and I'll be saying, no, we don't need to cook for more than 30 people. Yeah. That's fine. We don't need to cook for 50 people. Let's yeah. just yeah. have enough for 30 people and that'll feed 12 people very well. Yeah. I mean, you could start that <laughs> that um, Thanksgiving tradition where people actually take food home, but if it's just your immediate family, uh, they can't just take it to their bedrooms, No, we they? give it to people, but we do give it away, Rich, and we do do that. Well, we take it over to, our, to friends, you know. Yeah, on the evening, for, yeah, don't for we? the evening, yeah. yeah. And what are you going to be cooking this this Christmas well, it's not completely decided yet. I, I think what happens will happen this year is our older kids are coming up from Melbourne and when they get here, we'll have a confab. We'll work <laughs> it planning, out. Okay, so you haven't meeting. sort of planned it and... Um, only as far as putting the basil in and, you know, I'm going to do yotamotalingi salads, I sure. think. Sure. That's um, into those. Yeah. Yeah. And then there will be pav and there will be trifle, I'm sure, and there will be 
uh, chicken, roast chicken, because Hapa can't have turkey because he had pet turkeys when he was little. So he, okay. we can't actually <laughs> eat turkey. <laughs> Truly, it was tragic. It's a pretty tricky <laughs> lunch, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. There's quite a lot of factors, um, which yeah. we sort of, um, it doesn't seem to really be any bother, does it? That no. poor turkey, eh? Yeah, no, no. So we don't have... <laughs> <laughs> Our son had a pet turkey and a, he, he, five, he took five it... Five turkeys. Five, yes. But one he took down to the show and won first prize. And then it got... Poor thing got really sick. Yeah. We nursed it for about a month. Right. And, and after that... You had it for it your Christmas dinner, didn't no, you? No, no. It passed. <laughs> and after that, Papa's just been unable to eat turkey. <laughs> oh, OK. His whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Poor turkey. <laughs> well, got lucky turkeys. That yeah, helps yeah, us not so eating them. Yeah. It sort of works, that, you know, and nobody's really the, the Nazi, are they? No. Bill just tries to keep it contained if he can. I think the theme is we just try and make everything as beautiful as we can. Mm. And um, we don't have anything that we've got to have. But we, the rule is it's got to be good. Yep. It's got to be well cooked and taste good and... So no ideas yet for this Christmas? Well, that was a few. Do yeah. we need more specific ones? No, that's all right. No, nothing might. sort of really different. No. Um, no, I suppose what I'm trying to hedge towards is the uh, is what we've got there, which is the Singapore sling. Oh. So this is one of your traditions, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Bill and Jenny have brought in their famous Singapore sling. When I was a Steiner parent, people used to speak in whispers about Mm-mm. Bill and Jenny's Singapore sling and how it was a secret recipe. <laughs> But I think you're going to share the recipe tonight, aren't you? Yes, well, it's actually Mindy Burns' recipe. It's not mine. That's the only reason it's been protected, really, because she could make money out of it. Oh, there you go. So So there was a good reason. It wasn't you who was protecting it. No, no, not really. (laughs) And so it was just a good way of using up all the excess lemons every year in Alice Springs. So Min, who's very, um, you know, practical and inspired, really, would get everyone's lemons and squeeze them all and freeze them all, do you know, and then in the summer should make this drink with mint, you know, fresh mint, lemon mm-hmm. juice, sugar, rose water, orange and juice orange coffee. juice concentrate. That's right. So that's a slightly suspect ingredient, but uh, Nippies used to have one that was had no additives, just orange okay. juice. But I tell you, we can't find it anymore. So actually, when someone asked me to make it just recently, I hadn't done it for years, well, I couldn't get the orange juice concentrate. Yeah. So I did try orange cordial. I thought about orange oil. And in the end, I made this batch, Rita, so it's different, with pomegranate molasses and um, fresh orange juice and sort of had to change the proportions a bit, still the mint and the rose water and the lemon juice and the sugar. But now now instead of looking, the concentrate used to look like green sort of swamp water with all that mint in it, but now it sort of looks brown, doesn't it? It looks brown, Rita. It does look brown (laughs) from here. But do you think we could have a little tasting on air? I think you definitely should have a little tasting Yeah, I mean, but it's a concentrate, so I can imagine it's brown now but the, we It'll want the concentrate to look you know it doesn't have to be a pretty <coughs> color does it because it's going to be watered down by all that lovely soda. sparkling mineral water or soda water it's yeah. just a really great combo of flavors you know yeah you get the rose water and the mint and the lemon interacting with each other but if sugar to sweaten up it's nice yeah and for those who may not have heard of mindy mindy was a chef out at uh, Glen helen oh. in the days when it was cloudy's restaurant and she was wildly creative. She um, won, they won awards and stuff. And uh, Mindy invented this recipe and she used to sell it at the Christmas markets years ago, decades okay. ago. 
And we used to fizz the soda, take the rainwater in, you know, 20 litre containers and fizz it with the soda. Fizz it. A, you know, we were pretty busy. Yeah. It was a homegrown <laughs> affair. <laughs> anyway, when Mindy left town, she gifted the recipe to the Steiner School parents to use as a fundraiser. And it just became really well known because every fundraiser that the Steiner School had in those days had Singapore. Hence the secret nature of the recipe. Yeah. Actually, she didn't give it to the school. She gave it to me. She, she said to me, it's, oh, it's well, for you me. It for the she, said, <laughs> she said, you don't need to do it for the school. You should do it for yourself, Jen. <laughs> okay. I'm just desperate to try that now after finally understanding what the... Um, the long story. Oh, what the, more what the secret ingredients are. It does look oh, It does Bill. look a little bit swampy there. Would you want to pass your glass? Yeah, sure, Bill. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's a very strong one, I reckon. Later in the show, I'm going to take you through sort of two proposed menus that I've got for um, Christmas lunch. But I do think the question of having a really nice non-alcoholic beverage is is important because I totally agree. Because to drink uh, too much wine in the middle of the day just really can knock you out on on Christmas lunch. And I think that's really almost the secret to enjoying a Christmas lunch is to having a really beautiful non-alcoholic beverage that oh, you can good. drink. Oh, good. I like you, Risha. Yeah. That's good thinking. Yeah. No, it is. I've stopped drinking, you know that, don't you? I've told you no. about 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you, you can because you've got Singapore sleep. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Should we clink? Oh, we should. Hang on. Yeah, just wait. So it's got a little bit of a head on it here as well. So it almost looks like a bit of a beer. Hang Cheers, on. Rita. Cheers, Bill. Cheers, Jen. Cheers, Bill. Cheers, Rita. Lovely. Oh. It looks a bit strong, this one. Mm. It's beautiful. Mm. You can always add a bit more soda. Yeah, and would you put fresh mint in that when you're serving it? Do you know what? I don't usually, but it would look nice with something like that on the side or a little slice yeah. of something possibly. A bit more soda. Hey, it is. I reckon it's pretty. I reckon it's pretty good. Yeah, I it, really like the rose water in it. It's the rose really water is fantastic. Beautiful. Yeah. It's getting really hard to get rose water because the rose oil it comes from flowers, a lot of which were grown in India. Okay. And uh, I think a lot of the plantations have gone. Okay. So Singapore soft drinks are going to get harder and harder to make. Yeah. Okay. So we actually have a rosewater concentrate that was made by a pharmaceutical company, David Craig, actually. So it's one in 40, Rita. Okay. Um, and you could, could make it from rose oil with ethanol too, actually, which I have not tried. But because of the quantities you need to do a stall, you yeah. know, 20 bottles of cordial or whatever, you'd never make any money if you just bought the rose water. Do you mm. know the rose water? So we've got to concentrate and we dilute it up. Okay. But I don't think you can get that anymore either. Oh, so wow. it's one what of those if, things. Yeah. What if you sort of made your own sort of rose water from petals here, if you yeah. sort of put dried petals and steam them over water. So not extracting the oil, just doing it like that. I've never tried that. Have you done that? Uh, I have done it once. I ended up with a large quantity of organic rose petals, which I've actually still got. (laughs) (laughs) I had a kilo and I've still got like half a kilo. I've never quite known what to do with them. And I did try that once. Look, it was okay. It wasn't quite as lovely as rose water uh, because rose water's definitely got like the aromatic. That's right. Um, So that's really what you're trying for. You could put that in jellies and custards, those roses. They'd be beautiful, I reckon. Mm, Anyway, well, I think it's good. So if I'm having a Christmas lunch and I'd be interested to know your thoughts on protocols around asking what people what, what to bring mm-hmm. in terms of oh, maybe we should look at that menu. While we're looking at the menu, I might just play a little track here. I know I don't normally play a track in the middle of a show, but today I can feel a really good track called Christmas Dinner <laughs> <laughs> by Tennessee Ernie Ford. So let's have a listen to that while... Um, Jenny and Bill have a look at my two options for a Christmas lunch menu and we'll go through them and then I've got some questions around that as well. 
Kitchen Radio, each Friday at 5pm. Ernie Ford for that Christmas dinner song. And there was a, a blessing in there as well. Bill and Jenny, do you do a Christmas blessing? Do you know, I think we mostly do. And um, we mostly do when we eat, actually, at dinner. And we just, we say, blessings on the food, blessing on the cooks. Would that all the world could eat like us. Oh, that's so lovely. But sometimes we forget, but yeah. mostly we do. <laughs> um, I've invited 13 people to Christmas lunch uh-huh. Um, and I've got a, a large air-conditioned room outside because I'm figuring air conditioning might be important and if you've got a, a big group of people, you don't want people to feel sort of, you know, like they've got to go outside. Hot yeah. and overwhelmed. Yeah. It's next to the pool so, you know, the young people can go outside. So I've got 13 people and they've got different cooking abilities, I believe. So I've come up with two options for a Christmas lunch menu, which I've got here. Uh, the first option is an Italian-inspired menu. So one of the problems I had a few years ago, I was telling you, was that I made beautiful domata. It was a Greek-inspired Christmas lunch, domata and spanakopita. And, you know, all my guests just loved all those sort of, you know, what we call starters. And then they were too full to eat the main meals. <laughs> oh, Kel <laughs> tragedy. I know, it is a big tragedy. Like, you know, you just obviously needed to educate everybody that, yeah. oh, I've just cooked too much. You know, the same question about <laughs> would that the world have this much to eat. Yeah. Um, so the Italian menu, uh, you know, and it's traditionally Italian menus would start with an antipasta. Yes. Um, which, of course, is just, you mm. know, olives and anchovies mm. and salami Mm-mm-mm. and not a lot of bread, just little breadsticks. Yes. Um, so I've got an antipasta and then I've got a tart made a caramelised onion and anchovy tart. I did think I could overdo that one and then I wouldn't have any room for anything else. Oh, yeah, because mm-hmm. unless you just made a small amount and you Teeny. cut them into small yes. pieces. So yes. I think that maybe the point might be to have I'll small amounts. I think that's amounts. a clue, yeah. Yeah, um, and then a bruschetta, which, you know, tomato bruschetta you could, you know, it's not absolutely necessary, you but tomatoes are yeah. good. Tomatoes yeah. very good. Now, traditionally Italians would have a primo, a primo piatti, mm-hmm. um, which is generally a pasta, and so... What I've got here is a rotolo, which is a big, long, um, like you have a big, long sheet of pasta, and then you'd put baked pumpkin and pancetta and uh, spinach or cavallo nero, and that gets rolled up like a big, long sausage yes. into a tea towel. Yes. And then you um, put string around it. Yes. And you roll it up like a sausage, and then yes. you boil it. Whoa. Um, and then when you take it out, you put it on a plate uh-uh. and you sprinkle it with toasted breadcrumbs and hazelnuts and sage and then you cut it up into pieces so it looks pretty good but it's not a standard heavy italian dish Um, okay that's the primo and then the secondo i've got which i i I think needs a bit of work but that's pork braised in milk a roasted vegetable salad a fennel and blood orange salad and then possibly a green salad so trying to keep it simple yeah for dessert i've got then a panettone or i think I'm not a big fan of the bought panettone, but I reckon if you chopped it up into slices and fried it in butter, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to work, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, little work. a bit of zabayani. <laughs> <and then>. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like ice cream would go with that, actually. <laughs> yeah, or an orange sorbetto there. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So oh I'm thinking yeah, orange spritzes and maybe some Aperol spritzes would be nice with that if you kept on the uh, Italian theme. So, yes, yeah, a couple of 
potential problems there. Should we go through this or should we look at the second menu, do you think, first? And then we can do a comparison between the two. Okay, let's go on to do your next one. Yeah, that looks amazing, Rita. Thanks, Jenny. But yeah, I think it's got some problems, but we can talk through those. (laughs) Um, The second one's inspired by Otto Lenghi um, and also some some Greek recipes there as well. So starting off with hummus, um, burnt burnt eggplant with pomegranate. That's an Otto Lenghi dish. It's beautiful. Some fried halloumi, some homemade Turkish bread. Not too much of it, of course. Small bread. Um, and then for mains, a slow-cooked leg of lamb, which you could do Kleptico style or Otto Lenghi style. We've got this thing called a makluba, which is this – it's a complex thing with lots of vegetables and chicken and rice. So it's a big cake. Oh. Um, I've got basmati and wild rice with chickpeas, currants and herbs. Yeah. Roasted cauliflower and hazelnut salad. Mm-hmm. Uh, root vegetable slaw and then potentially prawns with tomato and feta, which is a Greek dish. And then for desserts, I've been wanting to try this Persian pavlova and then just have that with watermelon and cherries. And to drink, I've got a Shabbat, which is not unlike your Singapore yeah. sling. Yeah, because it's got cardamom and then it's rhubarb. made with rhubarb. Um, so it would look lovely in pink. Yeah, it's pink. Yeah, in fact, I found a recipe which said to put uh, red uh, colouring in no, it, which no. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was no. a little bit shocked. I was like, you can't do that. That's like cheating. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow, Rita. Yeah, so look, I think there's a couple of issues here and that's to do about with, with my resources as a cook because I've got 13 people coming over. Yeah. Right? And I've got pe- – and I'm not quite sure about the um, cooking abilities of um, some of my guests. Yes, okay. <laughs> and I don't want to be doing all no, the no, no, cooking. That's... I love cooking but I don't want to be doing all the cooking because then I spend Christmas Day cooking. cooking. So just on uh, face value. The perennial value. problem of the mothers in the kitchen. Yeah. Yes, that's true. What do you think, Bill, on face value? If you were just to choose one of those menus. Well, first of all, I think I'd like to say you – before you were talking about how you acquire your Christmas guests, yes. I think I'll just hang around looking waif-like <laughs> at your place a couple of days before Christmas, get myself invited along. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, yeah we'll just Actually, we could all do that, couldn't yeah, we? we, could, we could, <laughs> you could, we could a do one of, of these. Five. It's a very complex, gorgeous menu. Yes, I should say, so my guests are just my small, immediate family. I only have one child. Mm-mm-mm. And it, it, it's often like uh, someone who I saw walking the dog who I worked out was, uh, was an orphan here for Christmas. So yes, I'm yes. always, you know, it's lovely yeah. to have those people. Um, yeah. I've got, you know, really old family friends, two of the little sisters of Jesus who yes. I've known from Yundamu, oh. um, as well as another, another family and some other friends. So it really is an eclectic mix of people. So people who 13. I know are staying in Alice Springs for Christmas or who see Alice Springs as home, in fact. Mm. This is where their family and their Mm. friends are. So I think I'm always inclined to go for the the Greek because Otto Lenghi's salad recipes are so beautiful. But I've never actually done an Italian Christmas before. You know what I think about it already? I think you're going to need some co-cooks. Like yes, people I think who can so. really yep. do it. Yep. Otherwise, you're going to be doing, doing <laughs> yeah. all of it. Because, well, I just uh, counted. There's 13 things and there's 13 people. But not so everybody's going to be able yeah, to cook. But but the non- with yeah, but the Latin non-cooks can possibly be asked if they wanted that. to bring the cherries and the watermelon. Well, that, I've but got they, the cherries and the watermelon, so able, exactly. They the would be able to bring that. Possibly put a recipe in, you know, halloumi. Well, you know, you can just tell them what you want, the good brand of halloumi probably. Yes, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So this is for the you're talking about for the Greek I'm on one. Autumn. I'm on Otto's Otto, as well yeah. because I like Greek. Sorry, that was my Greek and Middle too. Eastern. Yeah. yeah. My, my my tendency towards that is because I really want to make the Persian pavlova. Yes. It's as simple as that. It's got rose water in it. Yeah, it does yeah. have rose and water. What crushed pistachios? Or uh, something? It's got actually got hulva through it. Ooh. <laughs> I know exactly, um, and then yes, pistachios and oh. uh, cardamom. Maybe on the we top. Try I will do that this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. I'll take that I can on. do our pav like that too. Yeah, you can find the recipe online. I'm not yeah, going to yeah. go through yeah. it right now, yeah. but it's it's a beautiful looking cake. Yeah, um, and then you've got the watermelon and the cherries. So I have been to celebrations where you did get asked, requested what to bring, and given the recipe and. And how did you feel about that? I was quite happy. I just did it. Um, Although I didn't do a sort of audit of how all the food went. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not quite sure. You have to ask the person. But it sort of worked. You knew, I guess they knew what they were going to, what would end up coming, you know, more or less. Yeah. Yeah, that helps. You don't want 25 salads and nothing else. No, no. Food is, the food is a big part of it, isn't it, hey? You'd have to do the lamb, I suppose, at home, wouldn't you? Do you know? Because you'd have to have that on. Yeah. You'd be doing that one. That, that's in my outdoor oven, which Perfect. I have to chop the wood for. <laughs> <laughs> you could do that ahead of time. <laughs> no, Rita. Oh, no. The co- no, the chopping, I mean. Oh, the, the chopping, wood. I could, yeah. <laughs> do the wood early. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'll give you that pomegranate molasses. Okay, I've got so, some. Okay. Okay, so it seems like you're both, you know, tendencies towards the uh, Middle Eastern and the yeah. Otto Lengi. Yeah, yeah, we like that. Yeah. Oh my goodness, and you're much more organised than us, so ours is nowhere near that pre-planned. But um, yeah, there you go. I'd agree with that too. We we tend to go. We're a bit freestyle. Yeah, bring a green salad sort of thing, not yeah. quite so heavily themed. Well, I never used to be that themed, but because I've done a couple of Christmases yeah. here with you know another family, um, I decided to, to that it would be a little bit more structured because I was worried. I think I wasn't just doing all the cooking. There was um, I was organising with another friend that we were a little bit worried that we end up would end up with sort of like five dishes of crab, for example, and yes. which would be fine, of course, but it's best not. Not yeah. To happen. Yeah. No. No. I agree. Yeah. And then it's, it's very special. Yeah. Another tradition which I started a couple of years ago. It's not a tradition because it hasn't been done again. But I think it's. <laughs> I think tradition needs is, to happen it's a more than once. It's, it's a precedent, precedent yeah. Rita. <laughs> so rather than um, so, this thing about gifts, particularly if you're inviting sort of friends and family, yes. was to insist that people don't purchase anything. You know, don't buy gifts. There's no Kris Kringle. But if you wanted to bring along something that you'd previously loved and you were happy to give away, you could do that. Mm. So everybody brought along something that they previously loved and gave away and then it was like wear something, bring something that you can wear. Oh. So whether or not it was a bindi, a silly hat mm. and then bring a bad joke. So we were looking at what's actually in the Christmas bonbons. In your crackers. In your crackers mm. but actually just literally bringing mm. the, the, the contents joke. of the crackers. And some of the gifts that people gave were really beautiful. Someone gave their CD collection which <gasps> they'd um, that converted <laughs> to digital and so and, and she, she had enough CDs to go around everybody there was about 12 or 13 people and so yeah. we all walked away with a new CDs. CD. Um, and I got beautiful glasses that someone had, I think Liz Marnie had mm. kept in her cupboard for years and hadn't mm. used and they got given out. So it's a really nice way of, of giving without actually going out and purchasing Consuming. as well. Yeah. Uh, That's so lovely. We might have to do that actually. It's a good tradition, it's isn't so it? It's so lovely, yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah, because we don't need to buy stuff all the time. We're so full of yeah. new possessions coming in that you look at, you know, I don't want Absolutely, and and they're always sort of small things that you don't need. Let's face it. Plus, it's <laughs> nice. Kringle is, plus, you it's know? not. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I totally agree. 
Nice to rehome things, isn't it? Yeah. You just yeah. give them a, an airing in someone else's house. Absolutely. Or you could end up with so what <laughs> might not be a treasure for you obviously could be a treasure for someone else. Indeed. Yeah. Hmm. So the last thing I want to talk about tonight, Bill, I'm going to ask this one to Bill, is how important is the table? How is it important to make that table look beautiful? Well, I'm not sure if you're asking the right person here because Jen's Actually, usually right. in charge I, I of it. I just thought you were in charge of the table. Mm, but No, not specifically. But I think it's very important because I think it, it's – the whole festivity is about the presentation of the food. And, you know, as if the food's good, it doesn't matter if it's really fabulous recipe of this or that, but yep. as long as it's really lovely and it looks good on the table yep. and you sit down and you say, ah, this is all that work and now you've got something that's mm. really worth sitting down to. But do you put flowers and things like that on your table? Flowers and decorations? I do, and I do. Yeah, yes, I thought you yeah. might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. Over to Jen now. <laughs> Presentation is important, that's true. I just try to make it beautiful, I guess. Sometimes we've got tables of unequal height and um, often we don't have enough chairs. That's You could, yes, run, you could run into yes, that, that issue, issue Yes, I did, I did work out the number of people was going to be limited to the number, number of, of chairs, chairs I had. Yeah. yeah, unless people bring a chair. Do you know, I do little extra things and just, you know, clean the dust off the louvers or the microwave or something at Christmas too. I just like everything to look nice. And there's – I like white bougainvillea, I have to say, oh, at Christmas. And there's a few around tip. town. Yeah. And you can – so there's one mm, where Tara and Tom used to live on Giles Street. There's one there and there's one on the north side um, just, a, yeah, along the north highway. Anyway, I've gone to that north highway one and asked the person in the house, could I pick some of your bougainvillea? It was hanging all over the fence. Uh, and it doesn't last, but you can just pop it on the table or in a vase. It looks beautiful. You um, collect a lot of things, don't you? Like bits of bark <laughs> off who, um, who me? <laughs> lemon scented gums and true. Bring all I sorts do of little, oh, yes, wow. that sort of stuff. Yeah. 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 But we don't have, you know, we haven't got. I, I probably would like to have nice. You know, I haven't got nice Christmas tablecloths. You know, the tablecloths don't quite meet the ends, and I'm sort of almost constitutionally opposed to matching crockery. I, you know, I can't stand that sort of thing. But we've... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, that's do you great. Know what Suddenly I mean? I'm free yeah, from no, the so whole I crockery don't do that. Dilemma. So <laughs> just as long as it... I guess, you know what, I think it just has to meet my aesthetic. I don't know what else I can say in my own defence. And we all go along with it. <laughs> they do, they have to, they have to go along with we it. We appreciate it. <laughs> and do you use cloth serviettes rather than um, paper serviettes? Oh, I think we don't use any serviettes. No. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Rita, oh. no, you can free yourself of serviettes too if you want to. Okay. Although... You might get a strip of paper towel sometimes. Depending what you're having. Yeah. No, sorry, we don't, we don't have serviettes. Yeah. No. We haven't got wine glasses as such, although okay. these obviously are. So Bill yeah. must have got them in the secondhand shop. And you go um, secondhand shopping for any sort of things only to if put we've on got the table? Only if we need something. No, I think we will. Sh we shall not do that because I'm a danger in the secondhand shop. I try. Uh, no, <laughs> but there's enough. You know, yes, bits of curly bark is fine. I think. Yeah, that sounds like a lovely idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and would you put the food in the middle of the table and have everybody mm. share it or would yes. you plate people up or, or have it on a separate table for everybody so to go and get their food? I think we normally, because we've got less now, we do put the food on, have the food on nice plates actually. And Bill actually, so Bill's in charge of this. He gets the everything cut up and sort of presented beautifully. He's okay. trained. So yeah. if he oh, cuts, yes, he's trained cook. If he, if he does the slicing of the whatever it is, the mm -hmm. ham or not the turkey, but the chicken and they always look beautiful. Actually. Oh wow, Bill, that's he is yeah. A, I can still he hear my um, 
my teacher as a chef saying presentation is nine tenths of the meal <laughs> and so if you you know if you lay out a plate of vegetables it's it's nice to see it really beautifully yeah you know you make a pattern or an order out of it and you put it on the table and yeah. people go wow yeah you know that's not just a plate of broccoli no, and that's it's paying a, homage to the cook Bill yeah, makes those little to tomato travel. flowers like he's really clever oh, wow, actually Bill, i didn't you, know that you know he's amazing he taught me how to tie the chickens up and you know how to blanch the veggies it was a revelation to me he's amazing so yes yeah, so the ours is usually prepared to serve and on beautiful old non-matching secondhand plates in the middle of the table but I guess it would depend you know what you've got but we serve ourselves we're pretty informal and you wouldn't go out and buy a whole lot of extra plates (laughs) hopefully not (laughs) 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 you're me I have to try to you can have some of that we've got about 60 60 plates another not one of them looks like the other one (laughs) I don't reckon that's a slight exaggeration but I can give you whatever you need oh thanks Jenny I didn't expect that from today's show but it's a great don't mind that it doesn't match and do you know what no one's talked about here you know the the christmas ham has not raised its little leg at all here and i'm I'm not a big fan of christmas ham what about you too much isn't there yeah i often think the christmas ham doesn't get eaten and i don't understand what it's doing as part of the christmas traditional christmas Mm. meal well we often have one but it's overdoing it because you know, you're, you either don't eat it or you eat too much of it. Yeah. <laughs> First one's a waste and the second one's not good for you. And then you've got to work out what to do with it. Like that's yeah, part of it. And yeah. all those leftover, yeah, you know, right. ham legs sitting in fridges. It's like how much can you do with leftover ham? I think if you're going to get ham, you have to get a really good one and may, or else just get some slices. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's a good you idea. Know, just go and buy some slices and slices then maybe bake them. Oh, I've done glazing the ham too. That was fun. Yep. You need more people to eat it. You yeah. definitely do. My mother always put the pineapple, pineapple on the top. Of course, yeah, I used with to do brown that too. sugar yeah, and cloves. Me too. And sometimes marmalade. Yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. Do you think mm. it's a Queensland tradition? It's a Queensland thing yeah. for sure. We've just worked out prior <laughs> to this show that we're all originally Queenslanders. Yes, that's right. Which is maybe why we enjoy having Christmas here because it's hot. It's so hot in Queensland. It's, it's just the yeah. same as it is here. You Only know, slightly more bearable here actually. Yeah. <laughs> and what about uh, Christmas Eve? Do you have any traditions around Christmas Eve? I'd heard. A rumor that you did. Did you? I did. Yeah. You'll have to tell me because I'm, I'm. My brain's not thinking. Did I hear a rumor that you do? Uh, you do singing or a performance? Oh, we don't really, but we like to. Oh, the girls sing. It's okay. true. Yeah. Our girls sing, and um, I've got a playlist which I wouldn't have been capable of doing, which is the Christmas playlist that Bella made me. Yeah, no, no, they sing. We used to do a Christmas concert. I had guitar students for a while, and um, it wasn't Christmas Eve. It'd be a week before Christmas. Okay. And we'd have a little concert, and um, yeah. The kids would all get up and do their little, and all the parents are there, and it's a lovely way for kids to perform in yeah. front of, you know, a small that, group of parents, yeah, family. But, yeah, yeah. So that was quite a big deal, but yeah. um, I haven't done oh, that for my, a couple of years. Must now. have just been a rumor. Actually, One maybe we all sing. Oh, we probably do all sing actually, and play guitar. You know, Bill will play guitar, but um, it's not it's not formal, is it? Bill? No. It, just, no. it just sort of bubbles up. <laughs> Do you know, one of my first experiences of Christmas in Alice Springs was, must have been my, you know, must have been early because my son was still, you know, little. Yeah. And we went over someone's place and there was a a bus 
Oh. And we all hopped on this bus and we drove around to various places. It was Christmas Carol singing around East Side. East Side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a long time ago. It was a long time ago yeah, and it was quite beautiful. Gorgeous. And I seem to think there was a storm that day, which always makes things so much special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah and Vibrant yeah. and energised. Yeah, that absolutely used to happen. Yeah. And still might with... You know, there was a funny story about that because we did it for years and, and then one year we were all driving around in a ute and um, we're all having champagnes on the back of the ute and doing our thing. The last thing we expected was for the police to take an interest <laughs> and the police did take an interest, yeah. And um, oh. we're all going, oh, here we are on the back of a ute, which is totally illegal. We're trying to make out like we're Merry Christmas singers, which we were, but the police weren't merry about it. And then they said, oh, no, you've just got to go away, you know, just can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> and we got back and we found out that the ute wasn't even registered. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's, that's a bit of an Alice Springsian story. Yeah. Because it is about what, what back the things, in the day. Back in the day, yeah, you can do here that you probably wouldn't do if you were, you know, having Christmas in a major capital city. And part of it's sort of like, yeah, your local friends, your community that you yeah. can go and visit people who, you know, who are still here in Alice Springs. Yeah, you can it's go very and spontaneous and, here, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and very close and very lovely. And you do know, you know, who's in every house pretty much, don't you, on the way around? Yeah, 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 yeah it's around. pretty nice. You'd stop at people's houses and they'd come out and, and give do you more champagne, of that, course. Yes. You know, so and request songs. Hence the yeah. Gathering we- inebriation of all the <laughs> participants. I think that year I talked about, that was actually the last year that happened. Yeah, possibly because, yeah, it was probably a good reason <laughs> a why risky. it didn't happen again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. Hey. Oh, well, I'm pretty excited now. You've made me sort of, you know, excited about my Christmas lunch. I think I'm going to have a gathering of the potential cooks and we're going to see who... Better have a planning meeting. Yes, why not? <laughs> I know you think that's going overboard, but... Um, um, no, I, I think for quality, I think you're right, Rita. Yeah, I think you do know what you're to, doing. To have it's only control. us. We don't mind at home. Yeah, if it was just, you know, yeah. a couple of people, I probably yeah. wouldn't do it. But because you're sort of getting into the numbers and I don't want to have too much food, I think it's, you know, the challenge is going to be to have the right amount of food. but And, and delicious, superb food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, have you got you've got your Christmas playlist sorted, Jenny? Yes. Well, I've got the one that my only the made one that yes, you have every my, year. Well, no, I've only had it for two. This is my second year. It's very good. Okay. <laughs> well, look, um, we're going to go out tonight with a song I I discovered just last night. But I'd like to thank Bill and Jenny for coming in today and inspiring everybody with their their Christmas lunch stories. So the song is called actually it's actually by a a singer called Lead Belly and I was just gonna ask Bill to talk about Lead Belly. Am I saying it right, Bill? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the name he was known by musically. I think his name was Hudi Ledbeda. Okay. And um yeah, he was one of the early folk blues musicians that was recorded that as yeah. in yeah we had a we had a, a video with um he and woody guthrie and their stories paralleled each other and they were gatherers of folk songs blues songs and folk songs in america in the 1920s and 30s yeah and he was the original supporter of um Good night, Irene. Because a lot of the songs yes. were, um, were folk songs, weren't they? In terms of who necessarily composed them, or was he the composer of Good Night, Irene? Look, I don't know. He certainly yeah. did it. Yeah. But a lot of those songs were gathered from um, from traditional songs. 
you know, people would hear them and then make their own version and record it. And yeah. that's how it became well known. Yeah. yeah. So this song's called um, Christmas Crying for Midnight, in brackets, the Christmas song. I think it's something that we should all put on our, um, our Christmas playlist. playlist. Yeah. Yeah. Bill and Jenny, I hope you have a lovely Christmas lunch and a fantastic Christmas. Thank you so much for um, inspiring me and all of our listeners. I'm going to be over your place, Jenny, to maybe collect some uh, plates. Very and good. And pomegranate molasses. Pomegranate molasses. Yes. Um, and let's go out tonight with Chicken Crying for Midnight by Lead Lead Belly. Lead Belly. Thanks for having us, Rita. Yeah, no, yes, thanks, thank Bill you, and Jenny. Um, and you've been listening to Kitchen Radio on 8CCC 102.1 here in Alice Springs and in Tennant Creek. If you're listening to this via a podcast, you won't be able to, to hear this song again, but I strongly recommend you go and have a listen to it.